surpasses, is that correct? I think so. Okay. I mean, is that a, we don't have yeah. to. Yeah, 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 let's do it. Well, it okay. actually works chronologically because when the Dukes of Hazard ends and 85, Jem starts. <laughs> well, you think, wait, are those two things tied together somehow? <laughs> yeah, and theory, it could be. Yeah, huh. Hi, I'm Aaron Selbig. And I'm Dr. Amy Bessler. And we are the Latchkey Latchkey Kids. Kids. Yeah. We are. We are the Latchkey Kids. We are the Latchkey Kids. Well, we're some of many, right? Yes. Your horn if you are a Latchkey Kid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing maybe you're listening to this because you were a Latchkey Kid also. If you have PTSD from the many, many hours of unsupervised television time you had growing up, <laughs> send oh, us a sure. postcard. That's right. <laughs> oh, gosh. There is kind of a cost to being a latchkey kid. Maybe we should talk about that in a future episode. Offer some counseling services. Or... Yeah. Maybe, maybe not the best way to grow up. Yeah. Yeah, we learned independence. We ate yeah. a lot of cereal. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, we watched a lot of really strange shows, most oh, of them boy. from the 60s. And speaking of... I speaking mean, of, oh, we are... I mean, the, the, the TV was... It was our mom. It was our God. <laughs> it was... Not to put too it, fine a point on <laughs> It was the central point of our entire house, you know. To the, to um, the extent that I, I think I, I didn't realize, and nobody realized because their parents weren't paying that much attention, that my eyes were not very good. I finally got glasses when I was about 13 or so, but I lay, do you remember how I would lay on the floor right in front of the TV? And yes. And a little ledge, there's a little, like, carpeted step up, and mm-hmm. I would put my head on that and just lay there. And there was a worn out spot in the carpet right there. <laughs> From your head? Yes. Because I laid there like a slug for uh-huh. so many years. Yeah. Just wearing a hole in the carpet. Literally. <laughs> that is funny and, and kind of sad. I don't do All that right. anymore. But we're going to talk about some TV today. Uh, a couple of Amy and I have brought a couple of our favorite shows that we loved during the 1980s when we were latchkey kids. Mine, though, is a primetime show that was on in the evenings. Hey. Um, I don't know that doesn't what. Make it special. No, no, I'm not it saying it was special. No, it's <laughs> definitely probably not. <laughs> Actually, mine is we're going to get to it. But my show is awfully problematic <laughs> in many ways. By and we're going to touch on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that this show would not fly these days at all. And I am talking about my personal favorite, my first favorite show. This is the first show I remember. Um, I was seven years old when it first came out in 1979. This was the first show I was obsessed with. Okay. And it is The Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, everyone. Yee-haw! Good old boys. Good Never meaning no harm Beats all you ever saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Making their way 
only way to know how. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Could you do a whole bunch of auto tune on that bad boy right there? Cause Why would I do that? That was perfect as is. Absolutely perfect. Everything Waylon Jennings was and more. Oh, I was going to ask you the trivia question. Who sang? Who wrote and sang that song just for the Dukes of Hazard? Obviously, you know. Now I will. I will confess that as a child, I did not know that. I would not. Have, Neither did I. I. Don't think I would have even known. Sadly. I don't know that I would have known who Waylon Jennings was at that age, you know, when the Dukes of Hazard was on, but I loved the song. And yeah, it's I a great song. The narrator, and it wasn't until I was older that I'm like, oh my God, that was Waylon Jennings. The, okay. Waylon Jennings was the narrator of the show. He was very good at it, too. Like, oh, he, he was funny, and, and it was actually a. The, the writing on this show was honestly pretty bad. And it got worse and worse as the show went on. The show was on from 1979 to 1985, and it just got worse and worse and more and more ridiculous. A la jump, jump the Shark style. Yeah, yes, yes. But Waylon Jennings gave it a... He gave it a real lift. I mean, not only did it have one of the great theme songs of any show ever... But he was just very funny, and he, and he would come in with these little quips, you know, that were well-timed and well-written. And I guess the one good writer that show had was in charge of writing uh, Waylon Jennings' lines. I don't know. So if you've never seen The Dukes of Hazard before, here's a quick synopsis. Okay, you ready for this, Dr. Yeah, Amy? Yep. Okay. So you got the Duke boys, Bo and Luke Duke. And they basically spend the entire show driving their orange 1969 Dodge Charger with the very problematic name, the General Lee, around Hazard County, uh, helping their friends, hanging out, jumping over washed-out bridges, because there are a shocking number of washed-out bridges (laughs) in Hazard County, let me tell you. And all the while, they are being chased by Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane, and his Basset Hound, Flash. And they are working for the antagonist, who is Boss Hog, a, an obese uh, Tammany Hall-style uh, <laughs> political leader. Diabetic, I would imagine. Right. Who wore white suits throughout the... He was great, by the way. He was a really good villain. He was a really good villain. And Bo and Luke were aided by their cousin Daisy, Daisy Dukes. I mean, if you've never seen the show, you know some of the fashion, right? The little short jean shorts are called Daisy Dukes because that's what she wore. And then you had wise old Uncle Jesse and their mechanic friend, Cooter. (laughs) That's right. Cooter. (laughs) Um. Yeah, the the show evidently. I did a little research for this, Amy, and I did not know this, but the the Dukes of Hazard was inspired by a movie called Moon Runners that came out in 1975 about a bootlegger family. And now I have got to see this movie. Oh man, I bet that sounds that's awesome. A real, yeah, that's a real piece of work right there. Right. So there's a lot of things about this show that are problematic. Uh, we're gonna get to that. In just a minute. But but first, I want to just talk about like how much I love this show. Like I said, it's the first show that I remember being completely obsessed with. Every episode was appointment viewing. I don't remember what night of the week it was on. I want to say Fridays. It was on Fridays. Okay. 
Um, but I was, I mean, I was in my seat. I probably had my head on that worn spot in the carpet where your head normally is, like a half an hour before the show started every night. Yeah. Now, oh mother, yeah. No. Our mother did VHS record uh, the Young and the Restless. You <laughs> yeah. So yes, she did. While she was ironing her clothes, she would watch the tape of the Young and the Restless. Other than that, we had to be in the spot at the time to watch. Yeah, you had to be there at whatever it was, 8 p.m. Mountain Central or whatever on Friday night if you wanted to watch the Dukes of Hazard. And if you didn't, not only did you miss it. You were going to have to hear about it at school from all your friends. And, I mean, you'd have to just pretend that you saw it because you wouldn't want to be left out of that conversation, let me tell you. Because, no, no. I mean, that this would be this was... suicide. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, And I had enough problems <laughs> without missing an episode of The Dixon Hazard. I remember... You probably you're probably too young to remember this, Amy. When we the, before we moved to Arizona, this show came out before we moved to Arizona, um, and we lived in Michigan, yep. and we had a back patio and it had a uh, a picnic table on it, okay. and there was a girl who lived next door. She was a huge tomboy. She was my best friend. I do not remember her name. I'm very sorry. If you're out there, little girl who lived on Ridgeview Circle back in 1979. Reach out to me. I would love to connect. I hope your life has gone well. Yeah, I really would love to talk to her. I wonder I what happened like, to her. I want the girl on the roller skates with the cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, her too. <laughs> right, her too. Maybe it's the same girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> or maybe they're married to each other now. I don't know. Um, but we would, we, would, we would sit underneath the picnic table pretending it was the General Lee and driving it around. <laughs> Hazard Aww. County, you know, and they'd had this thing where where uh, it was Bo Duke when it was time for them to go somewhere. Do you remember this, Amy? Do you remember his move to get in the car? Do you remember? Uh, if they were in a hurry. They, they jumped through the windows for sure. Well, yeah, the the doors were welded shut because it was ostensibly yeah. it was like a it was supposed to be a race car. Yeah, yeah. So but before that, they Bo Luke would take a run up to the car. <laughs> in his very tight jeans, yeah. and he would slide across the hood of the car. Do you remember that? Oh, It was yeah, a thing. that's sounding yeah. familiar. I mean, I don't, I, you know, to be honest with you, I was mostly focused on Luke, Duke. I was not as concerned with Bo. Oh, I was oh Luke, wait. I was a Luke girl. I was going to ask you that. Which one was cuter? You were a Luke girl, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay, Luke. all right. Luke was the blonde, right? Yeah. And oh, I'm sorry. It was Luke who would slide across the hood. I have okay. to... I'm sorry, well, I got now, I got him confused. I'm so now I'm gonna look that up on YouTube because now. Yes. Yeah, that's maybe why I liked him. I don't know. That funny. you're you're talking about the actor John Schneider who yep. played Luke, and his partner Tom Wopat is the actor who played uh, Bo, oh. the brunette Duke boy. Fun fact: um, I know a family uh, that my kids grew up with uh, here where we live, who their sons are named Bo and Luke. Are you serious? After the show? I mean, I can't, I, I can't imagine that's a coincidence, right? I'm guessing they like the Dukes of Hazard a whole lot. I have no idea. 
It's got to be. That's got to be. That is amazing. And those people are my new heroes. This was also the first show that I remember where the merchandising was just it absolutely blew up. Um, I mean, I had a shirt. I had a Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. I mean, it, it was everything. It was posters. It was, you know, all of the stuff. And, of course, all of those things, you know, they became common pretty quickly. But I this is the first show that I remember that being a thing, that all of a sudden all the boys at school, you had to have a Dukes of Hazard something. something, you know? I remember that your lunchbox. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was orange. Of course, yeah. the color of the car. Right. Um, yes. What, what uh, percentage of, like I was thinking about with the Dukes of Hazard, what percentage of the reason you liked it was the car? Oh, huge. It was huge. I mean, yeah. the car was a huge part of it. You know, it was a really cool car. It was a, an old muscle car, Dodge Charger. There are many of these General Lees out there right now. I've actually seen a couple of them at, at car shows. You know, there isn't an original one because they used a bunch of them, uh, dozens of them, during the production of the show because they kept crashing them and wrecking them. <laughs> so they had to have, they, they basically had all the orange Dodge Chargers ever made, probably. Um, and so if you see one, you, you might see one at a car show or something, and it was, you know, just know that there's a bunch of them out there. But yeah, I was obsessed with that car. Um, we'll get to the problematic aspect in a little bit because i didn't i had no idea we gonna get canceled if we don't so yeah yeah but the show itself was you know they just had all of these adventures it was really formulaic and um it was kind of silly it was pretty bad writing for instance later in the later run of the show they decided to add some spice to the show they would have country music stars (laughs) That would come on as guests guests on the show. And they had some big ones. They had Roy Orbison. They had Tammy Wynette. They had the Oak Ridge Boys. I mean, everybody who was a star in country music in the early 80s came on the Dukes of Hazard. And, and the way that they shoehorned these people into the show was they would have a speed trap <laughs> that Roscoe P. Coltrane, the sheriff, would run, and he would somehow, all of these big country stars would be rolling through Hazard County, and they would get caught in the celebrity speed trap, and he would take them to jail. And then it would be up to the Duke boys to get Tammy Wynette out of jail. And this happened over and over and over again. It was really dumb. <laughs> um, but yeah, once it got to that point, it had jumped the shark. But it really killed the Dukes of Hazard was season five. Season five in 1982. At that point, the show was huge. It was a runaway success. And the actors, Tom Wopat and John Schneider, who played the Duke Boys, they felt they weren't getting a big enough share of royalties from all the merchandising. So at the beginning of season five, when it was time to show up for shooting, they just didn't show up. They basically went on strike and so for one season, Bo and Luke were replaced by their cousins, Coy and Vance, who were basically <laughs> carbon copies of Bo and Luke. You had the blonde one and the brunette one, and the blonde one was kind of crazy, you know, and, and drove the car. And uh, that was it. And, and after that, Bo and Luke, I guess they worked out their contract dispute. I don't know. They came back in season six, but the show never really regained its former glory and that was the beginning of the end for the dukes of hazard oh, 
There were two made-for-TV reunion movies that aired on CBS. I haven't seen either one of these, but I might have to look these up. The Dukes of Hazard reunion, exclamation point, aired in 1997. And get this, get this, Amy. In 2000, the classic made-for-TV film Dukes of Hazard, Hazard in Hollywood was released. (laughs) Got to see that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, there was a live action Dukes of Hazard film. It was in the 2000s. Yeah. I don't remember what year. She yeah. She was kind of in her, you know, pop star prime and yeah. the whole thing about her and the Daisy Dukes and 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 the Daisy Bringing Dukes it back. thing. You mentioned the Daisy Dukes, you know, being kind of a cultural phenomenon. That uh, that even infiltrated um, like rap and hip hop. I mean, there's a whole I, mm-hmm. I can't remember the artist, but there's a whole song about Daisy Dukes being the shorts, like the short shorts. So it's like, oh, yeah. oh the Daisy Dukes. Like it's a, that's a whole thing. Of course it was. And she also had, she had a cool car too. Do you remember what kind of car she had? Uh, no, but I do remember she had a cool car. She had a white Jeep with a, oh, with yeah, an yeah. eagle on the hood of it, I believe. Yeah. She had a cool white Jeep that she would drive around, you know, with her legs and her Daisy Dukes. She, as I recall, <laughs> display with the short shorts and all that but she wasn't she kind of she was kind of maternal with the with the brothers it was like she was she was the smart one really she was the smart one yeah you know trying to keep them out of trouble and uh, why did they not where were their parents they didn't have parents their parents were dead i assume because they had uncle jesse and they yeah um, i don't know (laughs) i don't know that they ever explained that to tell you the truth, I I don't know. By the way, Catherine Bach is the actress yes. who played uh, Daisy Duke. I'm gonna look this up and see if she's still alive. She is. She is 67 years old. Um, she still looks great, uh, Catherine Bach. Yeah, no, Daisy Daisy was like the smart one. Daisy was the one. She saved the day uh, right. in, in a lot of episodes. She was the one that would save the day at the end of the show. Um, you know, because they would all talk to each other on their CB radios. <laughs> As they're driving around. But I I do remember a premise of the show at the beginning, and I I think this kind of got lost later, but they were on probation, the Duke boys, because they were were caught running moonshine. (laughs) And so they were on probation, and that's how Boss Hogg had so much power over them is because they, they, they always had the threat of going back to jail over their head. Yeah, so that was that was technically that was part of the premise of the show, well, although as the in trouble with the law since the day they were born. As I right, recall. right. They, they were moon. They were moonshine runners. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so as we've me- as we've touched upon, this show would definitely be considered problematic now for a number of reasons. I mean, the name of the car, the General Lee, they had a horn that whistles Dixie. And, of course, the biggest thing was on the roof of the car was an enormous Confederate flag. And I remember when I was a kid, I had absolutely no idea who General Lee was or what that flag meant or represented. I had no idea what any of that was. I don't think any of us kids did, really. I don't, well, I, I learned. No yeah, either. I learned later, you know. But yeah, 
Um, and then, yeah, it, in, in, in recent years, that has been an issue uh, for the Dukes of Hazard. The Dukes of Hazard, you can watch it now. It's on Amazon. Um, but after the Charleston shooting in, in uh, 2015, it was on TV land in reruns, and TV land pulled it after the Charleston shooting. And then Warner Brothers, who owned the Dukes of Hazard, announced shortly after that that it would no longer be creating the merchandise with the flag on it, including the General Lee. So the, no more Good. General Lee toys, and that, that's been killed by Warner Brothers. And then just last year, during the George Floyd protests, Amazon reportedly considered taking the show off of its streaming service, but it didn't. It's, it, it is still there if you want to watch it. It's probably not well, great. in our minds the Dukes of Hazard yeah. we loved as kids by you know because we're applying you know what we know now um, to a 1980 you know um, thing that was created I mean there's so many things like this where when we look at it, oh yeah like, oh, almost everything I mean yikes, <laughs> yeah that would just mm -hmm. not work anymore and you know I mean I don't know I don't know what the answer to that is but yeah. You know, nor nor do I. I mean, I, this was my favorite show when I was 10 years old. You know, this was a huge part of my I don't know, the culturally the Dukes of Hazard was a big deal for me. But yeah, when I when I look at it now, I feel a little bit sick to my stomach, you know? I feel a little bit like, "Oh, I mean, it wasn't just the Confederate flag. I mean, there were all sorts of stereotypes being reinforced on that show. I don't remember any uh, black people or people of color on that show, you know, like so many shows of that era, you know, it was those shows were segregated. You know what I mean? Yep. And the Dukes of Hazard, as far as I remember, was no exception. I mean, there may have occasionally been people of color on that show, but not it wasn't really a thing. Um, yeah. And then as if the Dukes of Hazard isn't problematic enough, Amy, are you ready for this? I don't <laughs> it's a good thing that that uh, John Schneider, who played Luke, is your favorite Duke boy. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> brace yourself. Okay. Back, you ready to have your childhood ruined? <laughs> back yes. in, back just this just three years ago in 2018, and this is coming from an article in in USA Today. I hadn't heard about this, but Tom Wopat, the actor who played uh, Bo Luke, was arrested. He ended up pleading guilty to two counts of, quote, annoying and accosting a person of the opposite sex. Oh, Lord. I don't know exactly what the details of the crime, but it was bad enough that he was sentenced to a year of probation. Uh, and then he also admitted that he there was enough evidence to convict him of possession of cocaine as well. Boss so Hobbit's I going to have so much leverage <laughs> on him yet again. <laughs> yes. He's always been in trouble with the law, even though he's in his 70s now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? I don't know. It's, yeah. So, you know, stuff from your childhood. And if you're younger than us and you feel this, you feel the same, you know, sense of nostalgia and passion about whatever show it was from the 2000s, this is probably going to happen to you. Yes. <laughs> Eventually. Yes. It's going to become a problem. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Little, uh, little nine-year-old Aaron, or whatever you were, I mean, what a time for him. So that's, yes. that was great. 
I was having a blast sitting under the picnic table, <laughs> pretending it was the General Lee. All right. Well, that's good. Amy uh, is coming up next, and she has got a show. And I think you mentioned that this show that you're about to talk uh, uh, talk about came. It started right as the Dukes of Hazard yep. was ending yep. in 1985, we're gonna right? Pick up the baton from the from the uh, Duke boys, and we're going to keep it moving into the uh, into the later 80s. We're back. You're listening to the Latchkey Kids. I'm Aaron Selbig. Wait, and I screwed I, this what? up already. <laughs> I already screwed. You have to say the Latchkey Kids at the end. Well, like, you can say it whenever you want. <sighs> oh, oh. I'm a failure. Lord. <clears throat> Let's just go. <laughs> All right. So, so what do you? So, the Dukes of Hazard ends in 1985. Yep, that's right. And in an alternative universe involving <laughs> magic earrings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Something happens. Something wonderful happens. Yeah. Ready for it, I'm ready. Yes. How about Gem and the Holograms? Yeah, yeah, no, as much as the Dukes of Hazard was a boy show, except for my my girlfriend who <laughs> the tomboy. Um yeah, Gem was was definitely for girls. Um not really. I remember you loved the show. That's my that's my primary memory of it is you were way into it. I remember that it was a an animated show and these girls were in a band and they had very glam Outfits and glam yeah. hair, and they played pop just, music. That's the whole the, thing. You got that's it. about the extent of it. Did yes. I? Does that All cover right. it? Yep. Episode okay. over. Great work. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, so I again, uh, like many of the things that I've discussed, I was the perfect target audience age for Gem and the Holograms. So when it started in 1985, I was nine years old. So nine to twelve ran for three seasons from 85 to 88. 9 to 12, so like that preteen, you know, junior high, you know, that right in there, totally ideal phase of life to be into Gem and the Holograms. Um, mm -hmm. So it was an animated series. So I've got some information for you that I pulled from Wikipedia. So basically the whole concept, you have this record company, and the owner is Jerrica Benton. So she's the, the protagonist. Of Great the name, Great Jerrica, Jerrica Benton. She's running the record company, and that's part of what I liked about it was it was it was women like young women who were in charge. Like she was yeah. running the record company, right? That is cool. And she ha her alter ego is Gem. So actually, the show I thought the show was called Gem and the Holograms. The show is actually called Gem. Fun fact. Oh, so oh, really? So oh, band, okay. The band is Gem and the Holograms. And oh. So that's her band, the Holograms, and so she. <laughs> Jerrica adopts this persona of Gem with the help of, of course, what else? A holographic computer known as Luigi. <laughs> Wait, what now? Uh, Hang on. Listen. A holographic, a holographic what? A holographic computer. 
a computer? Listen, this is what happened, okay? Okay. So, so Jerrica, she's able to command Synergy, which is the computer, which, which was bequeathed to her by her father to project the hologram of Dem over herself by means of, of course, the remote microprojectors in her earrings. <laughs> Thus disguising her features and clothing, enabling her to assume huh. the gem persona. So through the use of her okay. ears, she's also then able to project the holograms around her. And she uses this ability throughout the series to, uh, of course, avoid danger. Imagine how much danger you would face. Hmm. And, I, I, uh, have, I have a question. I have a question. I have Actually, I have a lot of questions. Listen, this is not <laughs> Q&A. So and, and I'm not interested in questions. <laughs> hang, hang on. A, no, no, no. We got to. Like, no. <laughs> We have to okay. pause for a second. Okay. So they're not magic earrings. They're computer earrings yeah, named Synergy. So my main question is, okay, so she projects. I get the part where the earrings project a hologram of ha- glam hair and clothes on yeah. her. Yeah. But they're also projecting her friends. Yeah. So does that mean these are not real people? Are these just no, no, like no. figments so of her imagination? No, 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 no. Okay. So they're also real people like Jerry Oh. Okay. And they work in the record company or whatever, and then they these are their alter egos. So I think part of it also for me was it it's so it's a combination of things, reasons why I liked it. It was the the kind of female empowerment, like these girls are yeah. in charge. I like that. It mm-hmm. was the eighties thing of the fashion, the pink hair, the cool clothes, all of that. Um anyway, they had the they also had these rival bands. So the Misfits hmm. was the main one. That's a real band, by the way. No, no, yeah, no relation. No relation. Did they get sued by... Uh, the, okay. Probably. No relation to the actual Misfits, the real band. And then in, in the last season, the Stingers was the other rival band. Uh-huh. So the, just the idea that you could be this, like, normal person and then have this whole other side of you that's like this, you know, kind yeah. of pop star, rock star, cool, like, thing. So like Lady Gaga. Yeah, exactly. Kind so of. Kind of a Lady Gaga, you know, Beyonce mm-hmm. slash Sasha Fierce, you know, kind of a vibe. So I like that. Yeah. Um, so she's often trying to keep her two identities separate. That's a whole, you know, kind of through line. She's got to protect synergy from those who might exploit the holographic technology, of course. <laughs> and, then, and then fun fact, um, <laughs> What? The Starlight Girls who live with her and the holograms. So she's also like taking care of these fosters. Are these like little kids? Um, of various ages, yeah. Huh. I know. So Wait, does she she makes enough money at a record store no, 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 to no. feed twelve children? I don't understand. No, a record company. She <laughs> oh, oh, a oh. Company. I thought she's working at like the Borders or something. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Okay. Misfits are always kind of causing trouble. And well, yeah, they're the misfits. Exactly. So they, mm-hmm. in addition to being the rival band, and then their manager is the central villain in the series. So that's Eric Raymond, of course, and he was the owner of Starlight Music, and then he comes over. And now he runs Misfit Music, and mm. so he's a real problem. And I remember that, like they, you know, Gem and the Holograms, uh, if you will. Um, also, they did have diversity in the band. There was yeah, a, yeah. There was I think I remember that. Teller in the band, if I recall cool. correctly, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They had boyfriends and stuff. 
stuff, which, you know, was, was cool, but they were very much ancillary to the thing. Like, I just mm-hmm. remember Jem slash Jerrica, you know, she, she'd see the boyfriend, and then she'd be like, okay, I got to go. I got stuff to do. Like, I don't <laughs> have really have time for you right now. Uh-huh. And she was running her, a, you know, record business, and she was on stage doing this cool stuff. So um, the animation, which when I look back now, you know, I get you can pull it up yeah. on YouTube and watch, you know, clips and stuff. Oh boy, it was pretty rough. Pretty bad. Um, yeah. It, so it was provided by Japanese animation studio uh, Toei Animation and South Korean studio Acom, and it definitely has that. So later on, anime and all that uh-huh. got a lot of traction. If you if you go back and you look at Gemini Holograms now, you're like, oh, totally. It's anime. Yeah. Total Japanese, you know, okay. Korean animation. Like, you can see it definitely in kind of the style of animation. Um, and actually, the the series was a collaboration between Hasbro, which we've talked about a lot because they made a lot mm-hmm. of favorite toys, Sunbow Productions, and Marvel. And that's actually the oh. same team. That Marvel? Was, yep. That's huh. the same team that was responsible for G.I. Joe and Transformers. Yeah. So wow. original songs and music videos in the show. So throughout the episode, at some point, they would be on stage mm-hmm. performing, and it would be a whole music video. And they How was the music? Well, What did you think of it when you were 11 years old? I think I thought it was fantastic, of course. So <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, so throughout the mm-hmm. three seasons, they had a total of 187 wow. music videos with 151 unique songs. So the wow, they had some musicians slaving away. Yeah, they did. So <laughs> writing all those songs. Of course, the song, kind of like the Dukes of Hazard, that anybody who was into Gem uh, will remember is, of course, the theme song. How's it go? Yay! That was wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, uh-huh. Truly, truly, truly outrageous is the name of the theme song, which we truly. That's a lot of trulys. I know. And so it, uh, it was a big hit. Uh, so, number one, Nielsen rated syndicated cartoon series in November of 86. And in 87, it was the third most watched children's program in syndication with 2.5 million viewers weekly. So, it was it was Wow. Mm-hmm. All the other preteen girls. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there were, you mentioned kind of the controversy with the, the actors who played Bo and Luke and, you yeah. know, and, and that piece of it. There was a bit of a controversy between Mattel, who made Barbie. They came out with a line of Barbies called Barbie and the Rockers. And, mm. and the gem people made dolls that were gem and the holograms. And so they were these competing uh, dolls. Uh, and what happened was... 
it, it really both lines suffered because they were, you know, trying to get at the same audience. And so, um, the, you know, that they discontinued that pretty quickly. But the series continued from there. And then there was a uh, feature film that was made in 2015 really? about Gem and the Holograms. I have not seen it. Um, hmm. I don't know that it was a is it Is it animated? No. I mean, it must live, be. No, a live action, really? It's live action. Huh. And it actually was directed by John Chu, who later went on wow. to be a big-time director. So, uh, well, you got to see this. Uh, well, I mean, I'm maybe. Gonna, I don't know. It's kind of like, are you going to really watch the Dukes of Hazzard? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Um, he later directed Crazy Rich Asians and also one of my more recent favorites, the Lin-Manuel Miranda musical In the Heights, which is yeah. gorgeous. And Crazy mm-hmm. Rich Asians is a gorgeous film, too. So he became a big-time director, but Gem and the Holograms maybe wasn't his finest moment. I don't know. I haven't seen it. So maybe it's great. It. Maybe it's an undiscovered treasure. It could be. Mm-hmm. The, the female empowerment. The music and the female yeah. empowerment. The animation is pretty terrible, actually. <laughs> I'm looking back <laughs> at it now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that female empowerment piece, um, I wanted to mention a documentary that came out in 2018. I actually just saw it recently on Netflix uh, called This Changes Everything. Have you seen that? No, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's super cool. It's about the gender disparities and sexism in Hollywood. And it kind of chronicles over time uh, and the efforts that have been made, uh, you know, to, to remedy that. Um, and so there's this thing called the Bechtel test. Are you yeah, yeah. I am, yes. Mm-hmm. So Sweden actually uses it, like, for real with their movies to rate their movies. But um, basically this uh, was created out of um, a cartoon that was done by Alison Bechtel, who was a cartoonist in the 80s. So she realized that most films only had a single female character, and um, if there were multiple women in the film, their storyline was almost always revolving around men. And mm-hmm. so the Bechtel test, she, she created this cartoon that was called The Rule, and basically the, the, the characters in the cartoon are talking, and they're saying, I only go, am going to go to a movie if, number one, it has at least two women in it, number two, they talk to each other, and mm-hmm. number three, they talk to each other about anything but a man. And yeah. it's shocking how few uh, <laughs> films or programs actually meet that threshold, which seems preposterous. So I would like to submit that Gem and the Holograms, back sure. in the mid-'80s, met that threshold. They, they Way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. So, boom. Yep. And they had some diversity. Yep. And they had some radical sci-fi technology some with the computer earrings. Technology, so yeah. That's you know, great. Ten years old, and it was a good time. Yes, much like the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like we need to have some kind of a viewing party, Ooh. you know, where okay. w- which would probably involve you and I just sitting next to each other with our headphones on, okay. separately watching Gem and the Holograms and the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> yeah, we could throw in from previous episodes, uh, E.T. and the Burning e. T. Bed. E.T. the Burning Bed. <laughs> Have we talked about the day after? You've we haven't. It. Is that on the list? That should be on the list. It's on the list. Yep. yep. Okay. Okay. Apparently, you're very traumatized by it because you keep. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was even worse than the burning bed. Right. 
because everybody died in that movie. It was about nuclear holocaust right. during the Cold War. Anyway, yes, that's the whole thing. that in Gem and the Holograms. I will the record <laughs> to show. <laughs> Nor Dukes of Hazard. Well, that was great. Thank you, Amy. I'm sure there are all sorts of women of a certain age who feel very strongly. I know there are some because I've heard, you know, women my age talk about Gem and the Holograms before. You are definitely not the only one who looks back fondly on that show. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's great. <laughs> we, start, we start a club. We get ourselves some earrings and change. Mm-hmm. I actually have a pink wig. I wonder if that's why I bought that. Maybe I was Probably. a gem subconsciously (laughs) definitely all right well we're gonna get out of here everybody thank you so much for listening to the latchkey kids you can find more information on our facebook page just look for the latchkey kids you can make comments um rude comment no don't make rude comments um yes and 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 please uh, thank you to our sponsors be sure to shop uh with all of our sponsors and um uh, honk your horns if you love Gem and the Holograms uh, and or the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.